morning, everyone. Good to see a few of you guys on. Morning, Alison, James, Chris, Hardik, Julian, Sean, Facebook user, whoever you are, behind the veil. Good to see you guys here this morning. A little bit late this morning, just sometimes there's technical issues, but uh, better late than never, as they say. Good to see you. Welcome to another Wealth Coffee Chat. Fabulous Friday it is. Hope you're all awesome and well, wherever you are. If you're new, let us know if you're new. Jason Witten's my name. If you didn't already know, most of uh, most of you do. But if you didn't, I've been property investing over 20 years, coaching property investors across Australia and New Zealand, over 18 with my crew. And uh, along the way, we've learned a couple of things. We've got a couple of sayings around here. Most of these guys know the drill. The idea that as property investors, we need to buy well, never sell. And this thing's a marathon, not a sprint. It takes time. And in the last couple of days, if you haven't already joined us, we've been going through the seven plans, the seven plans that every property investor, uh, and let me be specific, PAYG property investor should know for business owners. There's a couple of other plans they need to know. But uh, today we're talking about the tax minimization plan. Yesterday we talked about the acquisition plan. But tell me, I've skipped one. Plan number one, acquisition. Plan number three, tax minimization. Uh, what's the plan I've skipped, ladies and gents? Let me know. Hey, good work, Jeff. Scored the perfect job. Less hours, more money. Better family crew. Love that, mate. Always great to see income going up, lifestyle going up, uh, and time away being going down. Uh, Melinda reckons consolidation. Part of the process, Melinda, you're, uh, you are right. Acquisition, consolidation, lifestyle, that's the three stages of investing. The one I've skipped is the finance plan. Team, the finance plan. And uh, I've skipped it on purpose because on Monday, on Monday, uh, myself and Sam are going to dive deep with the finance team on Monday. On Monday, we are going to dive deep into the finance plan at mentoring. So we're going to spend an hour together at mentoring. Well, it's two hours at mentoring, but uh, we're going to spend an hour on the finance plan because right now, finance will change. And uh, for all of us as property investors, we've got to understand what that means and to be able to keep our momentum going. Team. The acquisition process is powered by, for all of us, ability to finance. We have to have some deposits, obviously, but finance is the key. Morning, Fiona. If that might be you, good to see you. So join me next Monday, this Monday coming, this Monday coming, for mentoring. Make sure you put that one on your calendar. <laughs> Let's do this. All right, tax minimization. We all know this. Well, you should. If you don't, then you're not paying attention. The biggest expense, the biggest expense in every individual's life will be, if unchecked, untamed, unfocused on, will be tax. And the tax man, the ATO, 
uh, has gets, I believe, a pretty unfair share of our taxes, especially from our income. I'm a big fan. I'm a massive fan of a GST tax. I like GST. If I'm going to use and buy something, a luxury, then I pay tax on it. I'm happy with that. I'm happy with that. But I don't believe you should be taxed on your income or your property as a Prince Place of Residence. I think you should be taxed on consumption of other things. But anyway, don't get me started on that one. But we can, as property investors, minimise taxes much more effectively than others, than others. And so let's talk about that this morning, all right? That's what we're going to have a bit of a yarn about. Kevin, good morning to you. Good to see all of you guys out there. All right, let's do this. Tell me in the chat, what are the four taxes as property investors we are exposed to and we need to manage uh, directly or indirectly as we travel along? The percentage of some of these taxes can be pretty significant. The world of uh, these tax minimization is important to understand. There's four taxes that we uh, we are exposed to, team. And what are they? Most of you would probably know the first one um, uh, as we go along. And Pratesh is on it. All right, stamp duty. Stamp duty. Then we have P-A-Y-G, tax P-A-Y-G. You go to work each day, you make some money. The ATO says, oi, give me a bit of that. <laughs> then third, there's land tax. And fourth, capital gains tax. Capital gains tax. These are the four taxes we need to manage and minimise as property investors. And can we do that? How do we do that? What must we do in a smart, smart way to manage and minimise those taxes? Let's have a quick look at the PAYG. All right, I've got some stuff over here that I've written before. <laughs> this is probably from the other day. PAYG taxes. How do we minimise those ones as property investors? All right, let's have a quick look here. PAYG, you go to work each day. You go to work each day. You exchange some time, you get some money, and uh, the, the tax rate can anywhere be from zero. You can earn zero tax from a PAYG up to $19,000, right? So 19K, anywhere above 19K, it can get up to 45 plus percent, okay? 45-ish plus percent, team. You know, uh, and I think that's it. Is that 180? I can't remember off the top of my head. I've got a calculator over there. Let's have a quick look at the calculator just for a quick, quick thrill. There we go. So, you know, if you are out there in the world and you are earning 100K, you would be in the mid-tax bracket. I think that's dropped down now. Um, and, you know, as a percentage of your income, if you include the... If you include the Medicare levy and so on, 26%. So remember, you might be in a tax bracket. Okay, so remember there's a tax bracket. So you might be in a 30, 32, 37, 42, 45, whatever the bracket is. But that is not the actual percentage of 
cash as a percentage you pay, all right? So people get confused with that. But that's a little technical point for today. How do we minimize PAYG? Hardik uh, nailed it on the head. It's a tax variation. A tax variation, and it's called the PAYG tax variation. Um, and what's the best way to do that? Well, as a PAYG investor, if you buy investments, if you buy an investment, if you invest, any of the cost of those investments is tax deductible or is tax deductible and can be offset against your income. How does it work? How does it work? Well, let's just quickly do this um, in a second. The challenge is for many of us um, out in the world of investing, if you go buy some shares, uh, you might you might borrow some of that money from your offset account and um, and buy some shares, the interest is tax deductible. So the cost of the interest is tax deductible. Perfectly fine. Uh, but for PAYG investors, by and large, there's not a lot of tax deductions in uh, in the investment world in other than real estate, right? And real estate. Properties are the most tax effective vehicle for minimizing your tax as a property investor, hands down. Why is property tax effective? Well, there's two parts to property. Team, chuck it in the chat if you know what they are. Two parts to property. There's the land and the building. Which part goes up, which part goes down? The land goes up and the building value goes down. Now, you didn't lose money. You didn't lose money out of your pocket. You didn't lose money out of your pocket. However, that's called depreciation. And depreciation is what's called a non-cash loss. And that non-cash loss, you can put against your income and offset the tax that you pay. It's a fantastic thing to do. Now, I'm not going to dive deep into it today because I don't have a lot of time, but that is what you can do. So tax variation, it's called a PAYG tax variation. You can claim it back weekly, fortnightly, and monthly. You guys know this. On your pay cycle, you don't wait to the end of the year. That's another tip on that one. And you use depreciation. New properties are much better than older properties for tax depreciation. Now, you don't go and buy a property just for a tax deduction. That's dumb. That's dumb. That's, that's a thing called stupid. However, if you do buy a new property in a great area that you're happy to own forever, it will be very, very effective for your tax minimization. Person on 100 grand can own four new properties and have uh, single digit tax payments. Uh, often, we have got people in the world of property investing paying three, four, five percent tax on their PAYG team. Um, depreciation helps immensely, Hardik, immensely. And it's part of the plan. Ladies and gents, every dollar counts. Every dollar counts, I can tell you right now. Your income, you know, if you're getting 20 or 30 grand back in tax every year, add that up. That can go back towards servicing. That goes back towards paying off debts that are not tax deductible. It is immensely powerful, the compounding effect of buying newer properties and getting tax back, uh, money that you were giving away, donating to the government anyway, getting it back and putting it against your, uh, into your future. Uh, if you wanna, um, if you wanna reach out to our tax team, uh, some of you guys know we launched our 
property investors, uh, property investors only tax business not so long ago. And um, Anthony Wolfenden and the team at Positive Tax Solutions could chat to you if you want it. Now, we better rip through this because I'm uh, I'm running a bit late today. So we did the PAYG. The next one is the stamp duty. How do you minimize stamp duty, team? Well, there's a few ways to do that. Number one, uh, different states, different states have different stamp duty calculations. Different states have different stamp duty calculations. What do you mean? Yep, you you heard it. Every state in Australia, which drives me insane. Uh, yep, absolutely. Uh, Sean and Luke are there, right onto it right now. So the different states. So uh, different states. Some of them are quite different. It could be up to ten thousand dollars difference for the same price property if you bought it in a different state. All right, <laughs> that happens. All right, different states. Check it out. Okay, number two. Number two, house and land. Why do you uh, pay less stamp duty? This is how you minimize stamp duty, team. Why do you pay less stamp duty on house and land? Well, you only pay stamp duty on the land component, team, not the house component. So technically, often, it's about 50% less stamp duty. So, you know, you can get close to a 50% discount, which is boom, fantastic. Off the plan. How does off the plan work? In, uh, in many states, the off the plan stamp duty is lower. Victoria, for example, uh, is always having um, specials, <laughs> like a special <laughs> discount this month if you buy your off the plan. Uh, Victoria has specials often. Uh, and they use the off-the-plan um, stamp duty reductions to motivate and um, attract uh, developers and investors to create supply to the market. So off-the-plan can help uh, in that sort of space, okay? Now, for all of us, this is one you can't avoid. However, if you can minimize it, you know, if you end up with $10,000 still in your account rather than, than uh, paying out that extra 10 grand, fantastic, fantastic. With house and land per se, you know, uh, the, the interest cost becomes tax deductible rather than a capital cost as, as stamp duty does, capital cost. So you can claim it this year. Um, this year you can claim the cost of the interest building the house rather than buying something existing right now and having the stamp duty as a capital cost, you can only claim an offset later. So there's some great things in that sort of space. All right, here we go. Better rub off these things. Okie dokie. So um, what have we got next? We have the land tax. How can you minimize land tax, team? You know the drill here with some of this stuff. Land tax, you again, you buy in different states. Different states. Did, did you know in Australia you can pay zero land tax? Which state can you pay zero land tax, team? Does anyone know? Who wants to pay zero land tax? 
It might not end up being as exciting as you want it to be, but chuck that in the chat for me. How do you pay zero land tax? Tell me. <laughs> Boom. Protection's all over it. You buy property in the Northern Territory. At this point in time, <laughs> at this point in time, uh, not the ACT. Well, one of the interesting things about AT, A, the, A, the ACT that is that your land uh, is your stamp duties uh, deductible up front rather than at the end as well. So there's some interesting things in this sort of space and um, um, uh, as you go. So different states have different land tax thresholds, different land tax uh, calculations. Queensland is... Uh, are proposing to close the loop on on this but uh, the rest of the country has not thought of that at this point in time but if you buy one in Queensland one in Victoria one in New South Wales one in Perth your land tax if you own them in you know just a simple PAYG or your personal name you'd pay probably zero land tax because the the value of those are low um, what's another way to reduce your land tax team and this is this one, a peop, some people sort of like they, they get a bit of a, a little twitch on, on what happens there. What's another way to reduce land tax? So this is one of the other reasons. Yeah, yeah, boom, Chris, on it. Buy a property with less land content. Stay under the threshold for sure. Look, there's also one more. There's one more way to reduce land tax, team. I'll put that one there so you guys can think about it. Um, but here it is. Chris said it, buy a property with less component of land. And this is one of the little secret sources of something like an apartment into the future, uh, close to the city, good income, uh, good income capacity. Yeah, buy apartments. So I like to mix it up. Like, don't get me wrong. I love a good house with some land content. Um, and um, But for me, if I can get $1,000 a week income, from an apartment with a very small piece of land content and I can get $1,000 a week from a house <coughs> with a large land content and in the future, and this is the thing, this is the thing, capital gain value in your properties can be actually an Achilles heel in some of our portfolios. When your property value goes up, yes, land values do rise more than uh, apartment values it's about a percent and a half compounding um, uh, on average, the stats show. So if, um, you know, if houses went up 10%, you know, apartments went up 8.5%, that's an average growth rate over the last 40 years it has been tracked. Uh, RP Data's got some really good info on that. But your land value goes up on your house and your income goes down, your net income goes down because why? Because the land tax now starts to erode your income. With your apartment, its value goes up, its land content is still pretty small, and the income, net income, often ends up being better. It's an interesting one. It's an interesting one. So for me, I have a 60-40, 60-40 apartment, house and land mix in my portfolio. And... Uh, that's an interesting one as we think about what are we going to do? We're going to use that income in the future. I want my income, capital growth, kind of a vanity metric sometimes. Uh, and the third one, how you own. 
your properties, your ownership, buying your, your name, buying your spouse's name, buying a company trust, buying a, uh, a super fund. Every time you buy in different names and different um, entities, it starts the threshold again for stamp duty. Okay, so there's ways, oh, not, it's not stamp duty, land tax. So there's ways you can minimize land tax, okay? As property investors, I'm gonna, write, I'm gonna rub that off because I don't have the last piece there. As property investors, we gotta make sure we understand how to minimize this stuff. And the last one, capital gains tax. Where's the first one we can do with capital gains tax? I'll rip through this so I don't go too long, team. First, your principal place of residence, your owner-occupier, you pay zero capital gains tax. All right, zero. And I like that. We should all have a principal place of residence upgrade strategy. Upgrade strategy. Yeah, nice protest. Yeah, mix it up. And I like the idea of having some really well-located, close to the city, some, you know, some awesome houses, you know, in beautiful suburbs, mix up your portfolio, buddy. Now, number two, like your Prince Place of Residence, um, uh, upgrade that property as we go, which is brilliant. Uh, number two, capital gains tax. How do we minimize capital gains tax um, and, and never pay it? Boom, Luke is always on there. Never sell. Ladies and gents, team, folks, buy a property, that you're happy to own forever, then you don't have to worry about capital gains tax. Boom, Chris is on it, Luke's on it, you guys are rocking. All right, on the home stretch here, number three, if you wanna minimize, if you do have to sell something, which let's hope you don't, you need to own it for longer than after 12 months in your personal name or a trust you will get a 50% discount in the tax you pay, the capital gains tax. So if you made 100,000, so then you go, right, I'm only gonna pay tax on 50K of it, okay? That's how it works. So that's the, the reduction if you sell something. Uh, and another, and there's two little cheeky ones, the, the world of owning a property in an SMSF or, or a super, you only pay 10% uh, capital gains tax uh, now in uh, accumulation phase, and you pay 0% capital gains tax in retirement. It's pretty amazing. Knowing the combination of these four things, you know, $500 here, $1,000 there, you know, $50,000 there, the accumulation of managing and minimizing these taxes over 20 years. Just imagine right now, ladies and gents, 20 year time frame. 20 years. And let's just imagine you could save over that 20 year period, on average, $30,000 a year in taxes, all right? 30,000, times that by 20. We are talking the difference, who wants to, tell me right now, who wants to have in your pocket, in your portfolio, 
$600,000 of real cash, folks, real cash, instead of giving it to the government. Who wants that? Right? And this is the thing, the compounding capacity for you as a property investor. And what happens? Because property's slow, we as property investors, we, we, we don't appreciate the compounding effect of this stacked on everything. You stack $600,000 worth of tax saving in your pocket across your personal name, across PAYG taxes, across stamp duty, across land tax, across capital gains tax. Then you stack that on your ability to debt reduce and use an offset account and save you know, another $300,000 uh, in unnecessary expenses in owner-occupier debt and other debts. Stack on top of this in a 20-year period. Just the efficiency alone could add 600000 or more, team, to your pocket. All right? That's how it works. That's how it works. There you go. Wealth Coffee Chat done and dusted. It, it took a bit longer this morning. I probably should have started early rather than started late. <laughs> and what we can do in this thing here is we can dive deeper as well. There are many abilities to minimize and manage your taxes effectively, especially as a PAYG uh, earner. You know, the, the, the thing I love about PAYG, it's so simple to borrow and it's so simple to tax minimize. Um, and uh, like a few of you, I think, uh, like a few of you, Jeff uh, was saying that uh, he got his income up and I think someone else said, yep, I'm earning a little bit more. Then your job is just to get your income up, team. Get your income up. The rest of this, if you follow the plans, the seven plans, uh, is almost, it's almost, it's inevitable. The problem is, most people don't have enough patience. Uh, they get advice from just the wrong people uh, as they go along. You need to get advice from a tax expert who's into property, right? Because most accountants are not into property. They're like, oh, I'll do it as we go along. Awesome, team. Uh, quick question here. Is it better to build a new house for tax offset purposes? Uh, if if you're talking about the tax minimization, yes, it is. However, don't build a new house in Nowheresville just because it's new and it's tax deductible, okay? You, so, uh, good question. If you don't have a coach, a strategy coach, when it comes to your acquisition plan, you should get one because you need to um, um, manage that as you go along. There you go. Awesome, Chris. And again, look, look at that. You know, if you compound that, um, that saving into some other stuff, you know, it could get up to a $930,000 efficiency as we go along. So a uh, good question about the, you know, new new house. I like new properties. I'm a big fan of new properties. I've loved new pro I've had a fair few uh, older properties. They really annoy me. You've got to renovate them, et cetera, et cetera. No tax deductions now when it comes to uh, the government changed the tax deductions in older properties in 2017. Etc. Etc. Anyway, this is a really good topic. If you want some help in this topic, like I said, uh, we kicked off our own business the other week, or well, the other month. Um, 
So there you go. Give us a shout out if you need. That's it from me, team. Got to get going. Yes, uh, whoever said, uh, is Wealth, Wine and Wisdom on? I saw that before. I didn't see it. Alison. Yes, it's on this week. We, um, we weren't on last week because I was away climbing. <laughs> so, yes, join us this afternoon for Wealth, Wine and Wisdom. We're going to have Andy Fenton. Uh, we're going to actually have a guest tonight called Paul Sidorowski. And uh, he's a business tax specialist. Uh, my team at Positive Tax Solution are property investment tax specialists. Uh, he's a business tax specialist. So any business owners out there, uh, tonight will be a good one for you to come along. Paul Sidorowski, uh, as a business tax specialist, he's going to be there and giving us some tips in the business world uh, around tax time. Um, but it's on tonight. Join us at 5 p.m. for Wealth, Wine and Wisdom. Andy Fenton and I, Andy, absolute financial planning extraordinaire. We'll be debriefing the week and chatting with Paul. All right, we're done. I'm done. You're done. Let's go. <laughs> a longer one today, but there you go. All right, team, that's it. You guys be good, be well. Adios. See you this afternoon. If you are keen, if you are not, see you tomorrow. No, Monday, 8.10. Let's do it. Bye-bye.